0: You're listening to the Let's Talk Knicks podcast. Follow us on Instagram at let's underscore talk underscore or on Twitter at Let's Talk Knicks. Hello and welcome next podcast where we talk new york knicks basketball and other news around the nba and sports i am jason talbot on this fourth of july weekend here with my dear dear friend marcus Chinqui. episode 41 marcus i gotta ask you how the hell are you
1: it's a little toasty here today we're creeping up at uh we're close to ninety degrees already. It's not even lunchtime, so very humid. Yeah, I got the uh, got the Knicks the Knicks tank on just to get a little air circulating in here. But yeah, we're feeling Perfect day for Knicks tank. We're feeling pretty good. New mic, so let's see how this it, dude, how this it audio sounds. sounds so crisp.
0: <laughs> I, I'm loving it, man. You talked me it into it. Great.
1: Uh, a few days ago, so I said, you know what? I I was having a good week, yeah. <laughs> so we treat yourself so uh yeah we got coming off,
0: of, coming off of the gary v interview feeling good
1: yeah we got feeling... gary v we got some some traction going uh some personal stuff going so yeah we're having a having a good week <laughs> some
0: personal stuff yeah. oh just some some good good news on the job front
1: yeah we got a couple couple options so we'll we'll see what happens we love,
0: we love options here at here at let's talk next always need options might be too many options.
1: I don't know. I hope it's not too many because then you <laughs> got to make you got to make crazy decisions. So you ra- sometimes you would rather just have that it's this or that, and you just make one and go with it. Oh man,
0: I got to say it, it's pretty crazy. There's been a little bit of Nick's news this week. Uh, there's always something. Thing, things just pop up, but the timing of everything is kind of crazy. Just in our conversations with Gary, a lot of the things that we brought up. Kind of have now come to the surface. Are people listening to Let's Talk Nicks? I hope that's the that's media's where it's grabbing from. hold. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I think the biggest one, which is to me kind of mind blowing, is all of a sudden this Devin Booker talk is just coming out of nowhere. I mean, was Stephen A? I, that, that was the first time I had heard about it. it. Was on They were talking about it on first take that he said Devin Booker would be a great fit for the Knicks, which I mean, to me is kind of. Yeah, I big mean, yeah, a I mean when people say that, it's <laughs> sure? like, yeah,
1: of course, like anybody, any great player. Sure, they'd be good. But he's like, oh, you got a young, young stud. That's like his games made for the big lights. He wants to be famous. He, you know, that's a place where he would fit really well. But I mean, yeah, that goes for any. Yeah,
0: what I don't player. understand. I, I mean, I'm a little confused as where this story is coming from, because he recently just signed a five year hundred and fifty-eight million dollar deal with the Suns, so there's no indication to me that Devin Booker is unhappy or doesn't want to be in Phoenix. Or, I mean, I'd be one hundred fifty-eight million dollars. I'd be pretty happy playing anyway. Yeah, and that, that's so, the thing.
1: Like the, I mean, we it, can blame the media on this one. That you know they make up a story and then feed it out there to Nick fans to argue about, and then they start asking the player about it. They don't even know that the story is happening. And then they make fun of the Knicks when this player goes inside somewhere else. (laughs) Just so that they can classic just so that they can uh, crack some jokes on, on New York. But, you know, he said some, I don't know when he said it, but it was quoted about stuff about Leon Rose and how much he likes him. And they have a connection going back. So it's all these, all these Leon Rose connections. That's where, a lot of these stories I think are stemming from. And that's all it is. That's yeah. A, yeah, That that's it. And so now, so I mean, silly. we got so into – so I guess we could just go into it. I got into a couple of uh, Twitter back and forths yesterday <laughs> on this because somebody posted that uh, that Devin Booker would be a target for the Knicks to make a trade if he is indeed a disgruntled sure, a, superstar, a disgruntled superstar I, which is I, the man. line they used – a couple months ago all the that time. they would go after yeah. a disgruntled star. So I think the just- I think Ian Bagley <laughs> may have said it or saw it in the post. Like they are all picking up that that quote. I'm not sure who said it, but okay. So I say <coughs> don't make a trade for him. And this is what we talked about with Gary too was just w- if he if he wants to go to the Knicks, if he says I want to play for New York, then just wait it out. Like there is no right. point in trading away all of our young assets to get him. And then he's stuck playing with who? Because, and, you know, we've seen That's this great point. Yeah. We've seen this story before with Melo, and they got rid of all, they were building a young core and then they got rid of all of them to go get Carmelo. So if Booker says he wants to, he wants to, uh, to play for New York, then just wait it. Like then you have the upper hand, you don't have to do anything. Like you could just sit and wait. And when he's a free agent and, Granted, like you said, he just signed a deal that he's signed until 2023 or 2024. 2024. He's so, an
0: unrestricted free agent in 2024.
1: Yes, yeah, So you get him when he's in the prime of his career too. He'll be, he's only 23 now. So right. by then, this is the, this is the, that's the long game because the Knicks right now, they're trying to of build course. their core to st- establish their, like their future. So then you just do that, and you just get a little better, a little better, a little better, and then by the time he's a free agent, that's the guy you go after. And it seems pretty simple to me. Like people are like, "Why would you like?" No, if you could get Devin Booker, you get Devin Booker. And I'm like, sure, he'd be great to have, but to play with who, you know, like, yeah, that's that's my feeling on it.
0: No, I, I'm I'm in complete agreement, and I think as you said, he's not going to be an unrestricted free agent until 2024. So the story itself is kind of a joke. Devin Booker, like any really good player and any all-star in this league, the Knicks should be looking at. And if they're disgruntled or not, and if there's ever an opportunity, yeah, you weigh your options. Let's see. Like, I don't want to give up everybody for him. I think that's, You have to look at that, right? We don't want to be in the situation the Knicks have been in before where we make these trades. The Carmelo Anthony situation is a perfect example that, you know, and they were still able to put a really good team together with Carmelo. I mean, there were a couple of years there where we thought maybe the Knicks have a chance, but they couldn't quite get there. It wasn't quite good enough. And then you wonder, hey, if we just would have waited. And I think that's what's going to probably happen with a guy like Devin Booker and potentially other players. When they get to that last year in the contract, that's when the stories start coming out of this player might want to leave this small market team. Happened just with Anthony Davis. It, it happens almost all the time with these big name players. And then the Knicks have to decide. Could there be a scenario where the Knicks could make a trade before they're a free agent because they don't want to risk Another team making that trade and then they lose out on him? Sure, I think you can look at it. But if it means trading guys like Mitch and RJ and everything else, no. Like you don't, you just don't do it. It's really stupid because then you've built up all this talent for what? So for me right now, the Knicks are in no position to make a trade for Devin Booker because the only way they could is if they would give up first round picks and young talent. And that just seems really really stupid right now three four years down the line if you want to give up future first rounders because you think if you make this trade all of a sudden you're gonna be a top four team in the east then maybe it makes sense but right now it just seems like a pretty waste of time type of conversation to have. yeah
1: and and people are like oh well if you bring him in now like that's how you get other stars are gonna to want to come and stuff but like no you don't have to do that you know he's no 23 no you know let him he's still like and th- we still have to see what our guys are going to be and i think that's just what the next few years are and that's what yeah. a lot of that conversation um within the last couple weeks like i saw i saw a little bit of it on first take to steven a which i agree with him on this one is this like you know we're not playing for this year they're setting that foundation for the next four years So let's just, you know, and I know we say this like every few years, but now they got something in place. Let's wait and see again. (laughs) We talk patience with Gary. It's like we got to just wait and see. That's just what it is. And, you know, I think we're all settled into that. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, don't need to worry about past regimes and what was going on. We're in this one now. Let's just see, (laughs) you know, let's let's have a look. It took me a while to get there,
0: but but I'm there again. I'm back.
1: I'm back, baby. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, and then off of that, which I'm not even sure where this one, like why this one came out either, is Damian Lillard. And people have been saying this about him for years. I know, for years. He's going, and then, you know, they float that story out there about. <laughs> yeah. He oh, would say. love to play in New York. He <laughs> wants to be. Like, I was almost a Nick. I thought I was going to be a Nick. Like, uh, all, right, yeah. all right, all right, all right. Okay. All right.
0: Thanks. And, <laughs> and I, I just want to make a point, too, of like, I think a lot of these conversations stem from the fact that the Knicks have been putting it out there and we've been talking about it for years. The Knicks really need a ball handling point guard. You know, I man, I don't want to get in the whole conversation of do we need a point guard or do we need. We need a facilitator, and that's where Devin Booker, Damian Lillard, they're they're some of the best in the game, and they play for small market teams. So once again, here come the Knicks. It's a need that we need to fill as as an organization, so those names are going to come up because they seem like the most likely players that could potentially come here. Again, small market, coming to a big market. Oh, they want to be in New York. Like these guys are just like, Foaming at the mouth to come play for the worst team uh, in the NBA is also kind of a joke. And if I'm Damian Lillard, I want to win a championship. It's funny. He either wants to play for the Knicks or the Lakers. Like I keep hearing that, and yeah, like those what's couldn't be the m- here? two more different teams. Like yeah, I'm, hmm, Anthony Davis and LeBron or Kevin Knox. Like I, I just, Kevin Knox
1: and Julius Randle. Like you like, don't even have a head coach. Like, I don't, yeah, I, I don't understand. That's the part of the story. I don't understand. Like he yeah. either wants to pay Man. for New York or LA. Like why? <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I really want to play for secret agenda in New York, but yeah. we don't, I mean, I, and I, even think this that's thing, easy I you know, decision. these
0: guys, they have a relationship with Leon Rose. Oh, I really want to play for a guy like Leon Rose who has never been in this position before. We have no idea what he's going to do and how he's going to run this franchise. And, it's just, it's kind of nuts. But as I said too, it's it's really this Smell, point smells bad. guard. Smells really bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's it all stems from this kind of need that the Knicks have been looking for. I mean, we we Alfred Payton, I think we like, and and I wouldn't sleep on Alfred just yet because I I truly think if if he can work on his three point shooting and become an outside threat. I think that Alfred could be a guy who's going to surprise some people, but he has to improve that because that's something the Knicks just as a, as a roster really need to improve. But because between right now, Mitch, Julius Randall, you know, and, and guys like Frank and even RJ who, who shot well from three point land, but it's not something I think he goes to not,
1: as, not first as
0: strength. are when you have a guy like Alfred Payton, who who's a great ball facilitator. And I've been really happy with his play. He's got a, He's got to be a threat. We got to spread that floor. I, I always talk about it. The Knicks got to work on a lineup that spreads that floor. Um, I mean, but even, so, if he,
1: even if he's not a great three-point shooter, surround him with better shooters. And but, then and that's the thing. It's got to be one way or the say. other.
0: But right now we don't have those guys, so Alfred's got to kind of improve that. And I want to talk more about this kind of topic as we get into the cast because we're going to talk about certain players. But also
1: um, – it's also like who do we draft? Because
0: that that's we, exactly what I was gonna say. You got
1: you you, you got Lamelo. you got Killian Hayes, and those are two guys that are like really good ball handlers and facilitators. And right. And not they're not terrible shooters. Like they could shoot if they're if they're open, or they could create their own shot. But I would even guess like we we have Alfred Payton, I think at least for one more year. I wouldn't yeah. let that deter you from still drafting a point guard. Even no, if he's no, come off the bench. absolutely you know, not. it's like, you know, you develop them that one year and then give them the keys when Elvver's gone.
0: Yeah, uh, I agree. And and that's the thing, the Knicks, they're still figuring it out. You know, it, as we've said, the the only players that we look at as guys that are kind of untouchable right now are RJ and Mitch. And in some conversations... People don't want to get rid of Frank and Knox. And, and I mean, we, we talk about that all the time. But I really think as far as the completely untouchable right now are RJ and Mitch. They are going to be the future. That is what we're building towards. And and as we as opportunities present itself, maybe that changes. Maybe we don't know. We'll see. We'll just see. You, you There's so many needs for the Knicks right now. You just don't know. So, um, yeah, I mean, so, like they,
1: they pretty much just have to start constructing the team. And that's what's got to happen this offseason and throughout the next couple. Of it's just like, once we get that base down there, then you start mixing and matching pieces and yeah. seeing where the needs really are. Because, like, last year, they, they signed, what, like, four power forwards in free agency. And... It's like okay, that doesn't make any sense. So, now you're pretty much starting clean again. You know you have you know you have Mitch, RJ, Frank, like those three guys you can you can set into a position and then it's just like, okay, well now who else is going to come in and balance so, things out.
0: So that's actually a question I want to ask you. I mean, it's it's very early. The season hasn't started. As we said, we don't know who the Knicks are going to draft, what position they're going to get in. We don't know what other moves they're going to make before the season starts. Um, but as of right now, and this this first question will kind of lead into my next question: What do you see as the Knicks' starting lineup right now? If to if if they were if they had made the the twenty two team playoffs, which is still amazing that they did, uh, what would be your starting lineup?
1: But this team, as constructed, I...
0: I mean, I think it's I would start Mitch, Okay,
1: I would start Peyton at Julius. the one. Okay. RJ at the two. Yep. Uh, see, see, see Mitch, this this is my point. at the five and Julius at the four. Who's at the
0: three? Uh, I think you could theoretically I mean, go a frank i RJ would just go
1: i might i might combo. go i might go frank and yeah. peyton so, rj at the three julius at the four yeah Mitch so five.
0: exactly my point too when i look at that lineup while i don't hate it i don't like it because i'm not stretching the floor at all it's like frank not a great shooter we know that RJ is, but he's much better around the basket, shooting at the free throw line. Doesn't really stretch the floor too much. And Alfred again doesn't stretch the floor. Julius Randle doesn't stretch the floor. Mitch certainly. I mean, I I see those off season videos of him shooting threes, <laughs> but I look at that team and defensively, I really like that team. I don't. If if I'm an offense, I think they could go up defensively against almost anyone in the league. I mean, Mitch still has to get stronger. You know, we're not the best, but offensively, I'm not really crazy about that lineup you know i I wouldn't mind starting a game like that because you know you want to you want to start off strong uh with your defense but it's not that great it's not it's not a very well constructed starting lineup clunky yeah and
1: that's yeah
0: it's very clunky great word love that word of the day (laughs) uh and so my question into this too I've seen a lot of things on Twitter and I don't really know where this came from also, but a lot of people talking about Damian Dotson, a lot of Nick fans where I would argue the starting lineup. I might throw him into the lineup and have Frank come off the bench because Damian Dotson's a guy who plays both sides of the ball and he could shoot threes, man. I like Damian. If we know anything about
1: him is that he can shoot the ball.
0: And I think the way he's played, He's almost earned a starting position on this team, or at least, yeah, if, I mean, if, if the rotation was exactly the way I wanted it, I would like for him to come off the bench a little bit more because unfortunately for Damian Dotson, I just feel like he's a little undersized in his position and I don't know. I don't know what it is about him. I like his game so much. I mean, he's great around the basket, great shooter, good defender, always playing hard. I mean, he could go off. There were some games where he was just shooting threes like it was nobody's business. I mean, he was one of our best players, but he wasn't really getting the minutes and the respect, I feel like. But I I I guess I kinda see why though. I, I don't know. Is it because he's like still, kind of undersigned? Like I, I, I don't know what he it needs
1: is. To, he probably just needs to bulk a little bit, but but for you know and again, it's not even like body mass, it's just he's not very tall. So yeah. it's uh and he's still like a relatively thin guy, so you can't really play that that style. But I would still like he can still get a shot off. And I think with a player like say like Alfred Payton out there to you know him or RJ out there, they're going to drive to the basket and attract players in the paint and just kick it out. And he's one of those guys. He's just got to be a catch and shoot guy, and that's that's probably what his role is going to be. And it's not yeah. a bad role to have, you know. I'd say I see him more coming yeah. off the bench, but people, yeah, I, I I really don't understand why people were talking on him so much this week. I don't know what what may have been posted or what went on, but
0: it was a lot of love. A lot of a love. Lot of for people him. like this a guy. Got us love. to get more playing time, and I mean, this is the thing too. I mean, maybe maybe next cast we can we can dive a little bit deeper too about just like what we would see as a nine man rotation if we had to 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 choose because I just think it's so interesting because the Knicks continue and they did this last year. We have new guys in place, but even getting like Mo Harkless and, you know, Reggie Bulla and I, I, I'm never going to say his last name. Right. Um, <laughs> and now we just got this guy, you know, Theo Pinson where I want Damian Dotson to play more. And we wanted Alonzo Trier to play more. And you've talked about, we, I, I forgot about Knox. Like we want to, We want to develop him and him play more. We want to see Iggy out on the court. <laughs> And to be honest, I watch guys like Reggie Bullock, and I don't want to see those guys play. I, I don't. I honestly don't care if Reggie Bullock is going to be this great player. I don't think he is. And Mo Harkless, like even the end of the season, watching Mo play, I'm just kind of like, I'm not excited.
1: And, I, and that's I, you know like this. Why is this guy playing this new I, I, this second bubble that they're all talking about doing for the teams that didn't make the Orlando trip. It's like, none of the vets are going to want to play anyway. You're just doing it really so that the young guys have a shot. And that's what a lot of all the teams that missed it, you know, you're like the warriors. They're not going to want to play anybody like Steph and Draymond and Clay, they're not, they're not going to play. So right. it's like you, you put these teams out there pretty much just for the young guys. To screw it. It's going to be a glorified summer league. Is I hope really we see all they're going to do. Yeah. And, I think for a team like the Knicks it makes sense although of course they were the only team that wasn't on that call to have an opinion on it. So I'm curious what they're going to what they're going to end up doing.
0: Yeah, I, I me too. I mean I I, I just want to see We talked about it with Gary Vee, man. It's like the process is what it's all about. You know, you want to see these young guys develop and like they just make these moves that give me a Give me a real big headache. Can't stand it. <laughs> I just because I, I'd hate to see wasted wasted talent, and I, I've seen what you know some of these guys can do, and we've seen flashes. You know, those even back in the the G League, man, those Iggy flashes. Like you just, Iggy, you, I want to, I want to see he's if you can ready do to down go. The I know he's
1: ready to go.
0: Um, and you know, you pay, and I get it. You want to bring in some of these guys too to help with these young guys, and you know, we're not there in the locker room and. Talked about it with Gary. Also, some of the personality traits, like maybe these guys are really good for these other guys, and they need to watch these guys play on the court, so that when they get their shot, you know, they're 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 better prepared. Um, you know, I, I was gonna say we had a plan here where I was I was gonna throw I had some beef uh, with you, but you know, I'm I'm in a good mood today. I don't I don't right, want to come me... at you. I mean,
1: uh, you don't have do to call it beef. Time. We could just you
0: know. <laughs> yeah. I just. It's a I, lively I actually,
1: discussion.
0: <laughs> yeah, with this discussion, I, I had one more. Uh, I, all these questions is popping in my mind. The There's another name that, that's been coming up quite a bit, and I'm just curious where you're at with it because I, I got pretty strong feelings about this, and we've touched on it before, but I just want to get a final verdict on how you feel, and it's about Dennis Smith Jr. Nick fans really like this guy for the most part. I would say the majority of Nick fans like Dennis Smith Jr. from what I read and friends that I talk to where no one is ready to give up on this guy. And and I'm not Dennis Smith Jr. the player in my opinion there's potential there. We've we've seen flashes. His his athletic ability alone, he can do some some pretty amazing things. But my issue is that I don't think he runs an offense well. I just don't think he kind of reminds me a little bit of. I mean, you could make like a Derrick Rose comparison, where yes, he plays kind of that point guard position, but Dennis Smith Jr. is a scorer. That's what he's good at. He's good at attacking the rim. He could make some flashy passes here and there, and he's not the worst passer. But I don't think he gets the team going. Like he's not running the running the point. The same way Alfred does. I'll take Alfred 10 times out of 10 to run my team over Dennis Smith Jr. And the Knicks right now, that's what we need. And Dennis Smith is just, he's not fitting the role of what the Knicks need. We have other guys and scorers like RJ, um, even like a Damian Dotson. And Frank is another guy who I just don't think is a great ball facilitator. I don't think he ever will be. I think he's getting better but he's never going to be our go-to point guard who's going to run this team. To me, he's more of a defensive piece um, and can still throw those alley-oops to Mitch all day. I mean, anyone can. But my beef with Dennis Smith is just I don't think he's a good fit for the Knicks at all. And I don't want to waste all this time and energy into this guy. I'd rather later on go try to sign a Devin Booker. I'd rather draft a LaMelo or this kid out of France who just has a, a... a better basketball IQ when it comes to running a team and being a team leader. I, I I think he's a good player. I think he has a promising future in the NBA. I just don't think it's a good fit with the Knicks, and it's I don't know. I, I get kind of annoyed by it. Yeah, I mean, I, just, I
1: don't I don't know where. I mean, I guess I guess you're right that a lot of Nick fans like Dennis Smith. I. I'm kind of surprised to see that too. It's it's like it's funny that the 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 Knicks put out this uh, photo gallery of all the players and (laughs) like Dennis Smith is the only one that's like in street clothes and stuff. They couldn't (laughs) even get a good shot of him. It's like you said, yeah, he's an attacking player. He's not a ball handler, and that I mean that's why Dallas went out and got Luca because Dennis Smith's not going to be the guy that can run the floor for you. And right. plus he's, he's a little undersized too. So, yep. you know, he's a game's... horrible
0: defender. He is a really bad defender and he can maybe improve, but watch the games. Like you just want to pick and shape. roll on him.
1: Like he, he uh, yeah, like he's, it's bad. He's the type of, the games that we saw him do really well in are the games where he was attacking the bats because it looks like, it seems like he could get to yeah. the rim whenever he wants to. It's he's just, so athletic. It's he's just so that athletic. he doesn't. And you wonder you wonder why not just do that every time. Or just work on you not to be a three-point shooter, but you know, just work on that shot because it's so <laughs> yeah. it's so ugly. And that little weird little hitch that he got in his shot, it's like, what is going on with this guy? It's thought he working with working with people to get, you know, his his game intact. In, in and I don't know. So, but so like we see those flashes of when he's attacking and playing that style. And if he can do that, sure, he's, like, a decent piece. But I wouldn't – if I had to get rid of any of those young guys, it probably would still be Dennis Smith. And yeah. you're continuing I- to look for that ball handler. He's not it. And he's under. He's too undersized to play it too. And you couldn't put him with, like – if you put him with Frank or or with Alfred or something, it's like, no, he's still not gonna I don't think he's going to excel at the level that we need him to.
0: Yeah, I agree. And it, I mean, maybe, you know, with anyone, he can get coached the right way. And I'm hoping our next coach can kind of use the players that we have a little bit more efficiently uh, with who he plays and what their roles are and making them understand. I mean, I've actually come around a little bit. You know, I think Julius Randle is a really good player. I mean, look at the numbers. Guy can rebound. He can play defense when he wants to. He can score. He's just so powerful. I just think he he plays outside of himself and the spin moves. I mean, we can watch the the reels of those spin moves. Like as I said, get in the get in the gym with Kurt Thomas, play that pick and pop all day, hit those baby jumpers, use your strength, do what you're good at. And Julius Randle, I would love to still have you as a Nick if you can just get under control. You're not gonna be the team's leader. You could be a a leader. You're not going to be the leader, and I think you just got to play within yourself. Don't try to do too much, man. You and if a coach can come in, I think someone could do a lot with Julius Randle, and and he could make a huge jump because you see it with the numbers and the talent, it, it's it's there. It's just a lot of these guys. You know, I don't know. I'm 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 kind of now I'm all over the place. I'm just <laughs> now, somehow I got myself upset.
1: <laughs> I mean, the only other the the other beef that you had. And we go back and forth on this all the time, and we've probably touched on it a little bit. You got, you is, uh, is Kevin Knox. And the he's a guy I believe in. So your your school of thought is that he just needs to get he, stronger. And you could talk more to that.
0: Amongst other things. I think one of the biggest things is that I think when he, he's very young, he's only 20 years old. I think you saw it in the first summer league when he came in and he was like he was like the all all team, all first team summer league. I think he might have won MVP. He scored he was scoring at will. And then he got to the NBA and he was just getting bullied around. I think amongst other things, it's not just the strength. He definitely needs to get stronger and seeing him on that IG. I keep talking about it. He he's getting stronger. I mean, he you're, knows what he's saying. To
1: like the strength and all that is going to lead to a huge, huge jump. jump I, I
0: believe I believe that will be a huge jump because, as you saw in college and then in his first summer league where he was crushing it, strength wasn't an issue, and he, he could play with those guys. The skill set's there. He's a great shooter, great scorer, um, and I just think when he gets stronger, that confidence is going to build up, and you're going to see him just take a big – Jump the guy. I mean, guy has a great NBA body. He's long. He's big. He can shoot. He can play defense when he wants to. It's it's hard for him right now. I think he's just getting bullied around. He's he's not. RJ Barrett is kind of a freak when it comes to that. How strong he is at such a young age is kind of amazing, and I'm excited to see him get even stronger and how his game's going to improve. But I I really believe that Knox will take a big jump. And I yeah, and I believe in Knox the same way I believe in Frank. I Good do not think Knox Frank. is going to be a 10-time all-star, you know, the face of the Nick franchise. I think Knox's skill set is going to be a piece on the team and will complement future stars that hopefully we can get in free agents or our future stars and hopefully RJ and Mitch, where he will be a guy who's going to sit on that three-point line and just knock down threes all day. And then if you come at him playing too tight, he'll be able to take you inside and dunk on you because he's so big and strong. Maybe he'll work on a post-up game. I I just I see the potential in this kid. And I don't want to give up on him. And coming back to the strength, I think that is one of the big, big pieces that will help improve this game. Get him. That'll be So... Right. I- <laughs>
1: take a sip of water after that one. <laughs> yeah. Um
0: <laughs> got to cool down, man.
1: I mean, I just I don't think that the the extra strength is going to help him as much as you think it's going to help him. Like I think obviously it's going to it's it's for an athlete, you always want to get stronger, but he's got a a pretty good build just to start. Like his natural frame is pretty big and his upper think, body
0: is big though. I his think what the issue is
1: because he's not a post-up player. So he doesn't no. have to be like that bit. Like that's where all the leg strength and stuff, that's where it really would make a huge difference. Like I remember when we were talking about stuff with KP, like he needed his legs to be bigger because he's got to play in the post and he's going up against bigger guys. So, cause he was just getting moved around all the time. Knox doesn't play that way. He sits out on the three point line. And then when he does try to attack the basket, he can't like, or he just doesn't. I think it's more of a confidence thing it, that he doesn't know how that? to attack the rim. And I think, okay, go ahead, go because, ahead. Because I mean, but you look at, <laughs> but see that's the thing. See, this he's, is my beef. This is my beef. He's six this. nine and cannot drive to the basket and hit a layup. He always drifts away from the basket and tries he to load up. it up. And but talking like a strength conversation on that. Okay, look at a guy like Allen Iverson, who's six feet tall and has no problem just going into the into the trees and getting knocked around. He's afraid to get hit. I think that's the thing.
0: Well, first of all, confidence is also part of that too. The NBA is also a lot – these guys are a lot stronger than when Iverson played in the 90s, 2000.
1: I mean, even looking like you saw, any but, of these but small, small point, point guards you, do
0: it. You said you said the same thing about Frank Aquina when he was not confident and trying to go, to the, go, go to the basket and taking these him. weird layups away from the basket, and Knox is doing the same exact thing. And then all of a sudden last year, you saw the end of the season when Frank getting stronger, getting more confidence, starting to go to that basket with Gusto. And I think you're going to see a very similar thing with Knox, who was the youngest player drafted. He's not even – he cannot drink it. He is still 20 years old, and he's getting down there with the big boys. And I think a big part of while you're seeing those kind of weird layups where he's like trying to take layups from like eight feet away from the basket, which are really weird. Yeah, like I don't know you what build he's up, doing. I'm telling you, when you get in that gym and you build up that strength in those legs, not only are you now physically more able, those eight-foot layups become those one-footer baby layups where he's getting to the basket, because you're physically stronger, you're also mentally stronger, and that's the jump you're going to see. He's going to want to attack that basket, and he's going to get more confidence in his game and himself, and let's be honest, too. These young guys, it's hard for them to be young in the NBA and play for a team like the Knicks. When you got a new head coach every two minutes, you got guys telling you this. You're playing with new guys on the floor each time, so they're all just trying to figure it out. But hey, I mean, I time st- will tell. Time I still will tell. Think I could be wrong. I'm he's got to work on his game a lot too, though. You're, you're absolutely got, right. I
1: feel like he's got to just get. He's got to get more confident just going to the basket. And yes, strength he, will work, but he, it's like it I think it's more that he's just afraid. He's it's not that he he's, he's afraid to get hit. I think is what it is. And, and that's, I, I use, like, those little point guards, they don't care. They'll go into there and just knock them around. Like, they, you see guys, like, all these young point guards out there, they all do it. That's the part of the game is you got to attack the rim. If you get hit by Zion, you get hit. And you go down and you get up and keep trying to get to the free throw line. But, yeah, He's Zion, afraid to yeah, do it.
0: Okay, okay, Zion. But as I said, the strength, the physical strength is going to give him more of that mental confidence. That's definitely I mean, I a ho- part of I it. I hope
1: so. But
0: I, I agree that's a part of it, but I still stand by the point that as he builds his strength, all of that stuff will start to come together more, and he's going to become a much better player. A mu- and and I'm hoping in these next coming years you're going to see that big jump because again he's only 20 and he's just going to get stronger and stronger, and and you'll see it. You'll I mean Cause when you see but tell, when man. you see
1: him like when you see him attack like and like go in and dunk the ball, he's a pretty powerful dunker out there, and you know it's like. Okay, when he comes in, it's like you feel it. Like, he's, he makes a strong move to the basket. But in transition, he's, when he's trying to get around guys yeah. and just going up to the rim, it's something I, – I, I can't really put my finger on what it is that did he's – Did you not see, though, the same
0: – you were saying the same things about Frank last year. Were you not? That I, was a great – I don't like, think so. But not going to the <laughs> basket, going up going up That's soft. Just, that was what, if, like,
1: he just did it. It wasn't that he was making funny but, laps. He just – wouldn't take layups you would go to the basket and pass. But, now, off. but did you
0: not see at the end of this season some of that progression of him going to the basketball and being more confident getting, getting i don't to think the that rim?
1: was a really a strength thing i think that was them I mean, telling well, I, him th- i,
0: I, I think, think that was wrong. them
1: telling him lay the basket up stop looking to pass I, it because that's the difference frank was always th- looking to make a pass and that's what drove everybody crazy it's like just go it, you're already up there go to the mental- like lay it up no Kevin Knox. I, I'm going
0: to. I got to disagree with you. I think mentally is definitely part of it, but it's also just a physical thing. These are these are boys amongst men, and they got to get the physical strength. Um, and not all these kids are built like Kobe was when he was 19, or built like Zion at 20 years old. And it it, it takes time. Like majority of NBA players, when they come in at 19, 20 years old, it just it takes time, and it, it's it's a strength yeah, thing, and- it's a mental thing. But I I just. Just think. I'm just, I'm telling you, just give it. But I, but I still see th- those are fixable things. Going to the basket and being more confident is a very fixable thing, which, and that's why I think as these guys get stronger in these years, you're going to see that jump. Hey, just got to trust me, man. <laughs> I mean,
1: I, I like, so, so you're so you that... saying,
0: so have you given up on Knox? Do so you think we might as well I mean, just, just get rid of up on him, on him. him? I
1: just don't, I just think that. You know, or you don't think he's I'd still be any like good? to see. Like I'm in no rush to get rid of him. I'd like to, I like. I think the potential is there, but you know, I feel like he's going to end up being more of a spot up shooter, and that's how they were using him a lot this year. Maybe that's not the best way to use him, but I think that's what he's going to revert to, because I, I don't know. Like it's this the the confidence is the thing, and the motor that's the thing that's always been my issue with him. Yeah. Not a question I of think, the talent, not a question of the potential. Yeah, it's that's whether fair. or not he wants to do these things and put in that work. Like, yeah, okay. He's at the gym. He's working out. He's getting sure. stronger. But what is it going to be like when he's in the game? You know, yeah. that's what we want I'll, to see. He looks too wishy-washy when he's out there.
0: I'll, I'll end it on this. I mean, I, I think you're right. I, I think next year too, I want him to really perfect that being that outside shooter, because I think he can do that now as as the years go by and as he builds up his strength into his career, again, he's only 20 years old. I think you can perfect that shot, perfect that outside game, then keep getting stronger. And so that way in transition and even in the half court set, you can then be that threat towards the basket and on the perimeter. But I, I, I to your point, and you're probably going to use it against me if he improves on that outside shooting and you're going to see that next year too, that'll be great but I think that's just the beginning. I, I think Knox is a bright future and I really hope you don't give up on him. Um, whew. Take where's
1: the, the beef? Word
0: there? Where's the, where's the beef? <laughs> um, so there, there's, but there's some agreement. There's definitely some disagreement between us, but there is some agreement. I think just how we get there. Uh, wait, well, we'll see. Time will tell, man. I'm, I'm expecting seeing him work out and putting in that, that work. I think, uh, I think, and it might not be this year. You see that big, big jump. I hope to see some progression, but, I hope then by the next year when he turns, you know, yeah. you twenty-one, get
1: twenty-two, it you're going to see third it. and fourth year. That's when you want to. That's what you yeah. really want to see. What kind of player someone's going to be? Which is why I, I think surprised. like this year's yeah. big for Frank. Next season, yeah, this year be, is a very big year for Frank. It's going to be the big and, one for Knox.
0: Yeah, and I I, 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 expect to see a little bit. I, I, I want to see progression this year, but then the following year, I think, I think you're going to see a big jump, man. These guys. They they live and breathe basketball, man. This is they've been putting in the work, so I I have faith. Um, all right, man. It's July Fourth weekend. Big, well maybe maybe not this year. But July Fourth is big for movies. Oh, yeah. July Fourth weekend. This oh, is yeah. one of your that's, favorite times. That's of the, the best year.
1: time of the summer. Those summer blockbusters coming out July Fourth.
0: And we've we've done a little research and. We went back and looked at the big July Fourth blockbusters of all time. Now this is more your wheelhouse. I I, I feel like I had to go and really look and, and find some movies. I feel like you could probably name. I mean, I found this top fifty-five list, and I bet you could name forty-eight out of the fifty-five. <laughs> Maybe not that many, but still, like this is this is definitely more your your wheelhouse. But. Uh,
1: I mean, yeah, some of these, looking They're... at them, I didn't even realize they came out because yeah. I was a little young. But a lot of them, a lot of the top, like, say the top ten, I could have given you yeah. all of those. And a couple missing that maybe you give some honorable mention to someone that came out sure. the week before or the week after. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, first off, I think we got to pay pay respects to Mr. July 4th weekend Will Smith.
0: Will Smith, yeah. I mean, yeah. he turns it into something. Fair. I mean, we get a big yeah. Willie weekend.
1: <laughs> that's what you want. Coming out, like, go catch a Will Smith flick and then watch some fireworks. So, but if we're talking like the best movies so, to come out on July 4th, is that where is that yeah, you're at? Sure. Well,
0: I was going to say, I mean, we. I want to get into it and, and kind of pick what would be your favorite. Um, but I think... Immediately, you just have to think of Independence Day, and I don't know if that. I think that does that win the best July Fourth movie? Like I just, I think it, it has to. Always,
1: we're almost wins. It's going yeah. to win.
0: <laughs> and so we're. I feel like we're kind of picking our second favorite because, I mean, the Bill Pullman speech. The uh, it's got Will Smith. You got Jeff Goldblum, uh, David. You. I mean, you got you got everything. <laughs> <laughs> you, you got that movie is just timeless. the Fox um, I had I didn't even watch it this weekend. I'm, I might have to watch it today. I threw um, the
1: Blu-ray on last night, and I, I was like, I just got yeah. to do <laughs> it. I ordered some wings. I sat there and, and watched, and then as soon as the movie ended, literally, like, like at the very end, when he says, I, "Didn't I promise you some fireworks?" Fireworks start shooting off outside my window. I was like, <laughs> And then I got, I got the full view from yeah. my from my uh, back window. It's pretty exciting. Uh, mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that I mean, that movie's just so classic, and I don't know how that's not the winner. And I, I bet a lot of people, you know, if you're listening, you're kind of thinking, like, what are those other movies? Um, so, for me, the big ones looking through this Armageddon, Men in Black, Apollo 13, A League of Their Own, I didn't know was part of it. It's a
1: great movie. Terminator 2. Uh, for me, I think, like I said, I'm giving all respect to, to Will Smith because he's got Independence Day. Then you got your Men in Black. So it was like, that was 96, 97, like back to back years. He's coming out with the biggest movies of the summer and we loved them. And then one movie that I didn't know Came out July 4th weekend because we were not born yet, but still an amazing movie. One of my all-time favorite movies, Back to the Future, 1985. Came out July 3rd, 1985. And I think, like, we're we're rolling back. Like, the Spider-Man movies were always coming out around then. Uh, South Park, which was huge in 99, and we talked about this right before, South Park in 99, but also American Pie, I think, was either the week before or the week after because they couldn't put them out at the same time. Two movies that were borderline rated M.A. for the movie theaters. But I think oh Transformers, that was another good one. Like the first Transformers movie. Yeah, I think that's where we're like we're in the middle of like, the heart of it, and now, nothing this year. And we're going to take a, a quick pause because Jason's doing something, and I don't want to ramble on for too long.
0: Sorry, happened, happened some technical difficulties. I'm not sure what was um, happening there. i was, just kind of yeah, it was a lot,
1: yeah. Uh, I switched this to a technical difficulties. <laughs>
0: Thank you. Um, I mean, how do you? Where where do you begin? What? Do you, uh, there's a lot of good movies here. I mean, do I? Does it have to be relatable to the Fourth of July? I'm I'm trying to think back. Like,
1: I mean, I think Independence I is Armageddon the only one that out. is. Yeah. Like Men but, in but Black has just, nothing to do with the Fourth of July. <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean more too of just like where you were when it came out. I mean, Men in Black was absolutely huge. I mean, League of Their Own is one of my favorite movies, but I was, you know, six years old at the time, so I, I don't think I can.
1: I didn't really, really place it as a Fourth of July movie. Yeah, I can yeah. remember watching it. I, I got to say, I remember. So I remember Independence Day when that came out in theaters, and this is long before you have reserved seats. So we're we went to the the main theater to watch it. There were people lined up on the floor, like it was packed in there. Like they over, they overbooked, and everyone just going nuts through that <laughs> entire movie. And I think that that's what you want first and foremost in a, in a July Fourth <laughs> yeah. flick. The other one that's it's not there. I'm surprised it's not there because it was definitely. Let me just let me just make sure. Not even in the top ten, hmm. but it definitely was a July Fourth release. Was the Dark Knight. And you're I, right, that
0: July. I remember you're right
1: because I remember watching that. We were we had just gotten to school in Atlanta, and so yep. that's why Tony and I, I bought you tickets. Out. Yeah, yeah. And I went yep. out to the one oh, IMAX no theater they had out of Buford, Georgia, at the ball. At we the, drove
0: all the way out there, yep.
1: yep. And so, what happened with the Dark Knight? We saw Dark Knight Rises, is what we saw in Boston, but in Atlanta, I saw the Dark Knight. Because I didn't know anybody. We had just gotten down to the circus. So I was was like, whatever. So we went, but the bulb blew out on the screen. So nobody could watch the IMAX screen. They're like, yeah, we've had it going since like 10 o'clock this morning and it overheated and it exploded. So we had bought tickets that we had to watch it in a regular theater. Still a good experience, but had to come back like oh, to a week or two later and watch, get the full iMac experience and man that's a good movie and parallel to that one i think it was another it was another big willy weekend we had with hancock that was like his weird superhero movie which mm-hmm. was, yeah, was oh, i remember it was yeah. okay it was kind it's of okay. weird it's, not, but... I think
0: it's just always like sitting on netflix or uh, is it on netflix it, it usually is or, I don't know. Or one it's... of them and i'm always like should i watch it i'm like yeah
1: We'll and see. then we did uh, Dark Knight Rises, we did in Boston. We had to drive That's all the right. way out yeah. to Natick yeah. or wherever it was. And the butt kick is... We had to the see butt to is... <laughs> Jordan's Furniture IMAX screen.
0: Yep. Oh, my and God. And
1: I'm surprised... Yeah, I'm surprised that the Dark Knight isn't on there because that movie was huge for that weekend. And I think Christopher Nolan does have a lot of those. He usually has sure. a summer movie, so he's got another one coming out in August. But it's, I think... Yeah, I think it all begins and ends. In the, like, Independence Day just took it to another level. Yeah. And, and
0: – Yeah, it's it's the clear winner. It has to be. It just has to be. I've I got to say, I, if I had to pick another one, I think for me it's Armageddon. It just – it was – and it came out too, like Armageddon and Independence Day, like, a couple years after – that's When all those movies like that style of you gotta movie save the world in those like <laughs> mid late 90s, yeah. So it, it just and I, I remember seeing I think I saw Armageddon three times in the theaters, and then when it came out, it was just such a big deal. The, the, the Aerosmith song, you got uh, you know, Bruce Willis and Ben Affleck, just I mean, it was great, it was good, I mean, good got, flick. It's, same same like, you gotta vibes. go into
1: space and save the world. That's the that's the formula for, for these july 4th blockbusters you're saving america and of course it's the americans that figure everything out and how to do it which would never happen in the real world but we don't have to get into that uh but it was yeah i remember my cousin loved armageddon and i think part of it too is you got to have that song like they had aerosmith the aerosmith song men in black had men in black uh the funny enough that Independence Day didn't have a A big soundtrack but didn't need it i think it had everything else it had everything else it It didn't need it yeah just to turn on that speech i i was living in la a few years ago and we went down to marina del rey to watch the fireworks there and so that's like the main hub where there's like tons of people go crowd around there had my little jam box with me and a few minutes before i played the speech from independence i just like cranked it up and it's it like came out. you see people start looking around like what is that like where is yeah. that coming from and then people start latching onto it people went <laughs> nuts like they were like where is this and then as soon as they realized what it was people were chanting along with it at the very end huge round of applause and then like a minute later fireworks hit it was per- perfect timing <laughs> if i did it too soon i, I would look like an idiot but
0: I, to that point this the, the independence day speech from bill Pullman – people still reference it every year i see it somewhere someone's you it's know it's just mr president's that's all you need to know yeah, people know it's, immediately what we're talking about <laughs> that's the bar um and and going back a little bit to the to will smith i think what really kind of like brought the whole will smith popularity down i think was wild wild west which also, I remember going to the theater to see it, and you were like, "Oh, it's Fourth of July weekend. We're, we're pumped. It's it's Big Willie. I mean, you know, Cisco's got a got a song." <laughs> <laughs> and then you watch it, you're just like, "What the hell did I just watch? <laughs> what the hell does that mean?" <laughs> and it was just like, "Okay, I guess." You never it. really I recovered from that one. Yeah, I mean. no, I still haven't recovered. Uh, that I'm was, Legend
1: was another. Like I'm Legend was. Oh, that really was good. good. I liked it. I yeah. Robot.
0: But those were those were all Fourth of July.
1: They were summer I mean, I guess movies. Hancock, maybe not exactly Hancock Fourth clothes. of July. Yeah. And I remember we um, saw Men in Black Three. You you were not thrilled with <laughs> with that movie. That Men in Black awful. Two sucks too. Yeah, but Men in
0: Black. The first one is very very good. And then, um, yeah, but things
1: things went awry. When, but we still. I I pay all yeah. respects to to Will Smith for giving us those big yeah. Willie weekends early on, and, and setting the setting the tone for July Fourth yeah. movies. You know, it's funny it before you took it up a notch.
0: I didn't even think about that until you brought it up. Like about all oh, movies that came out like Fourth of July weekend, and it's usually like a big a big weekend for movies, and it just it never crossed my mind. And then seeing this list, I was like, oh wow, like. That's right. Like Fourth yeah, of July that's, weekend that's is like a big one. deal. You, you like you do
1: but Memorial Day weekend and then Fourth of July weekend. Those yeah. are the big release dates.
0: After uh, you know, but after Independence Day, I just like I I don't know how you how you compete with that anymore. That if that if that's the bar, that's a pretty it's a big bar to to, to get to. I just
1: yeah, and we're coming up on what like almost twenty five years later. Yeah, that that still. movie came out, and it's still just it rock the house if I turned that on and. I'd sit through the entire thing. It's on all day yesterday on AMC, but I had to go for the Blu-ray experience just to <laughs> just to really feel it. And I mean, I've s- blown up the White House. They're blowing yeah. up the Empire State Building. Lady Liberty's floating in the river. It's
0: and there you go. Then even talking about you know uh, Armageddon of like all the movies that then followed, trying to you know deep impact. Then it was like asteroids were kind of big. Like how else can we destroy the world? Um, yeah, it's big, big, big stuff, man. Day after tomorrow, right? Yeah transformers
1: uh, so i liked the first transformers movie and that was a july 4th a big july 4th release too like, yeah, that was the, big the yep. following ones are kind of weak but the first one with shia labeouf and uh megan fox and megan
0: fox yeah i still remember that was big
1: it's just a fun movie like i'll sit and yep. watch that one and it's one of the original blu-ray releases i bought too because i was like this is just watch yeah. that on a big screen and you're good for the afternoon
0: yeah, I remember, man, I remember going to see The Perfect Storm, and I gotta say, uh, just a shout out to a movie, I, I don't think you can put it, you know, in this, I mean, it, it falls in the category, but The Devil Wears Prada, really good movie, man, I mean, I didn't know that was a 4th of July movie, but I, if if I got stuck going to see Devil Wears Prada on 4th of July weekend, I'd walk out pretty happy, I I, so, I wouldn't be upset.
1: So, I saw that, I was just talking about this with somebody, because i'll give her a shout out that her name is andy so we were talking I because i'd asked her just like how to properly how does she say her name sure. like is it andrea andrea whatever and, and she said she goes by andy she had a, a relationship with the devil wears prada and i was like you know i love that movie we could talk about it all day and i remember my mom asking me she's like hey do you want to go see the devil wears prada i was like Okay, and I came out of that theater just like this is a fantastic afternoon, man. I'm, and I will watch that movie whenever it comes on television. It Comes on E all the time. I'm, I'm locked in. I saw I it for watch the it first time. I,
0: I saw it for the first time like this year, and I was like, Whoa, really? where, where have I been? Wow. Yeah, I guess the title. You know, sometimes the title of a movie you just think, Why? Well, I, I don't need to watch The Devil Wears Prada. I'm a, I'm a man. I don't I don't need to watch this. I was like, Wow, this is.
1: Oh, you got. I look, you got, I look uh, at Anne
0: Hathaway in a whole different light.
1: Yeah. I mean, got, uh, Mero, what's but... is it from uh, uh uh Entourage? Danny.
0: Oh right, right, yeah. That's right. He's Adrian the yeah, Renier. the boyfriend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The boyfriend yeah um, i mean I,
1: yeah. maybe i'll watch that tonight yeah it's <laughs> <That's laughs> a good that way that's a good tonight. way to wrap this up just a little I devil Wars prada. I,
0: yeah i kind of just feel like we just moved devil wears prada up to the uh the number two i think five it might easy. be you know what fine let's <laughs> i would let's declare it. it is officially the number two movie armageddon number three uh
1: and a <laughs> lot of, kind of podcast reductions. this is you know? yeah yeah <laughs> we don't we don't discriminate we love all movies you know oh, we're feeling good afterwards yeah, that it's a win,
0: Marcus. Always a pleasure. Um, I hope you've had a good Fourth of July weekend. I know I have. It's been good. It's been good. Not 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 too thrilled to go back to work. We don't want to go back to work on Monday, but hey, you know what? We had a good time. Hope you had a good time listening. This is episode forty-one. Uh, don't forget, you could follow us on Instagram at Let's Understore man you know it's i forgot to do it last episode <laughs> i wrote it down i had it all here you can follow us on instagram at let's underscore talk underscore nix or on twitter at let's talk nicks. this has been episode 41 we'll talk to you next time